Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. From the newsroom to the nursery, we're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are Anchor Moms. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. We have a really exciting guest on today. This is one of my actually dear, dear friends um, from Chattanooga Days, Latricia Thomas. We work together there. She's an anchor and a mom of three. So she is the quintessential anchor mom. Um, and she somehow gets it all done. I don't really know how. Um, she also has two of her three children have Down syndrome. And so she was really... Um, really well-spoken about the topic and about how all moms can kind of learn a lot from their family and talk to their own kids about other children who have special needs. She just had a lot of really, really great stuff to share. Yeah. And I like that she wasn't, you know, she wasn't asking for like sympathy or for people to feel sorry for her that she has children with disabilities. She, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it seems like she feels blessed that she has these children and it's just a, looks a little bit different. Her family looks a little bit different than ours, um, but it's a beautiful one at that. Yeah, I like this interview because I think it has great advice for all of us. Um, if you're a working mom, um, if you want to be, have a conversation with your kids um, in regards to kids with disabilities, if you have children with disabilities, I think there's a lot to take away in this interview. Um, so listen in. Latricia Thomas joining us now, my dear friend Latricia. We used to work together actually in Chattanooga at the station there. Good morning, Latricia. How are you? Hey guys, how are y'all? Hello. Good. Thanks um, for joining us. Latricia, I feel like you're kind of the um, definition, even more so than Ingrid and Katie and I, of an anchor mom. Um, because you not only are an anchor at the station there, but you are a mom, a busy, busy mom of three. Um, talk to us about your normal schedule, what your day is like and how you get it done. Um, well, let's just start off by saying most of the time, I feel like I'm not getting it done. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a common feeling among working moms and all moms. So, um, I have three kids. They are, let's see, what are they today? Nine, six, and three. Um, and then I have a sweet husband who is in marketing. He used to be in TV. And so he is working from home and has for the past year and a half. So um, like everybody, the past, you know, homeschooling, virtual schooling, all that has thrown a real wrench into our family schedules. But we're just trying to do the best we can and, um, you know, pick up where the other one lets off. And, um, you know, there were days when he was home working with meetings and had all three kids at home by himself because, um, you know, I, 
I've always been at the station. Um, I've been coming in regardless just because I'm one of the managers. And so I help, you know, with the things that are going on in the station. And so I couldn't have done it without him. He's been amazing. Um, and, you know, our kids are resilient like everybody's. We have uh, taken this time to do what we can and know that we're in survival mode. It's not going to be forever. So we're trying to give ourselves a little bit of grace. Um, but just like this morning, you know, I, I think about like you always start off and you you have a plan in mind for this is what my morning's going to look like. And it never looks like that. Um, and so I was taking my youngest into daycare and I had six minutes until my first manager's uh, Zoom call this morning. And the director's like, hey, do you have a few minutes to chat? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely not. I do not have three minutes. And so we sat down and she's telling me something and the whole time I'm like, mm -hmm, very interested and thinking, okay, I've got 30 seconds to get to the car and log on and start this. So oh. I feel like that past year in a nutshell, <laughs> always going yeah. on to the thing and never having enough time to complete them, but you do what you can. And the schedule for news is grueling as we all know, no matter if you're a morning shift, overnight shift, evening shift, um, talk about that and how you balance your family dinners and bedtime and bath time and all of those things because you're the evening anchor correct yeah I'm the evening anchor um and my schedule is a little bit different from most evening anchors I actually work 9 30 or 9 to um to 6 so I come in the mornings and help the uh day side reporters with their story turns and I approve their scripts and then I anchor 5 and 5 30 um and so in a typical world I do most of the drop-offs so that my husband can get to work a little earlier um, and then he does the pickups and we have a whole bunch of grandparents and nannies helping um, with school picks up pickups and watching the kids after school. And then we just do a late dinner. And so our, you know, we eat with the kids and they're eating at 637 when I get home, which is not always ideal, but it works for us just so we can always be together. Um, so we don't have a ton of time like after dinner to bedtime. So we try to fit in what we can. I'm really lucky that my husband loves to cook. He cooks more than I do. And so he, oh, good. Uh, except for when there's like three kids, you know, get him at the same time, but most of the time he enjoys to cook. Tell us a little bit about your kids. Cause I was reading just as I was doing some research just to talk to you this morning, I was reading a little bit of your blog. And so just tell us a little bit about all of that. Yeah. So my kids, um, pulled up a picture just because I wanted you guys to see him this is like not super old school way to do it but we just had this family <laughs> taken over the weekend so that's Avid and then Lila is my oldest she's nine and uh, Lawson is in the middle and he is six so he started oh, so here and then Lila will be going into third grade and Avid is three um, and so Lila and Avid both have Down syndrome and it's funny, Karen, uh, who's one of my best friends, like we said, was there like the day Lila was born. She came to the hospital at what, like 6 a.m. before? It was early. Yeah. Because you had like an early, early start to the day. Yeah. yeah. And so you were there then and then came back after work. So you were like one of the first people to meet Lila. Um, but we didn't know Lila had Down syndrome until after she was born. And, you know, it really threw our family for a loop. It um, was not what we expected our journey to be like. And, 
it changed our our course of just parenting and and family life and everything. Um, and it you know it took a while for us to kind of get back on to what we felt was a normal. Um, and then now and ever since about probably I don't know four months after she was born, we have just chosen to make this like you know, not only what we were given, but what we were entrusted with. And so we have uh, taken on this, this conversation of what it's like to show people a family with disabilities and to show it in a real and, um, you know, everyday way. It's not always rainbows and sunshine and let's invite the girl with Down syndrome to prom. It's not always tantrums and flopping in a parking lot because they don't want to walk across, um, you know, they don't want to go in the store, but that happens too. So, uh, you know, we just, we just try to be real and show people what our family is like through everything um, to kind of show the families that are just getting into this, what normal is, because you really felt like um, your family wasn't going to be normal when you first get news like that. Um, but the great news is Lila is amazing. Our family is amazing. We are not sad. Um, we don't live this life full of like burden and, you know, um, strife. We have challenges and they are different from the challenges of some of our friends and family. Um, but, but, you know, we really feel like our world is about making the world a better place for Lila and then later for Apit. Um, and, and they're just amazing kids, as is Lawson, our middle son. So talk more about um, your decision to have subsequent children after Lila. Um, you don't have, I, I, I'm pregnant and you do these genetic testings and things pop up and, and you did those and nothing was triggered. Did you think that you might have other children with Downs? Can you walk us through that process? Yeah, so... Um, we did not do any prenatal testing with Lila. She didn't have any markers on ultrasound or anything like that. And I remember our OBGYN said when we were talking about the decision whether or not to do it, um, uh, would it change anything? Like, would it change the trajectory of your pregnancy one way or the other? And we said no. And so at that point, we decided not to do it. And so when Lila was born, um, you know, a few hours after they came in the room and said, we think that she has some of the markings of Down syndrome. And so we did the test then. So once you have one child with Down syndrome, your chances go from about uh, one in a thousand to one in a hundred of having a second child with Down syndrome. Um, and so we did uh, the the maternity or whatever testing with Lawson, which you do, um, you know, like three months in or whatever. And that actually looks at the mother's DNA, which was a, um, a test that insurance doesn't always cover unless you have some sort of situation that makes you think that you uh, might have with a chromosomal abnormality. So his testing came back negative. And we were worried. I mean, we we knew what it was like to have Lila. We were nervous to get those results, and his were fine, and he was born a, a healthy kid and amazing. And then we really weren't planning on having Abit. Uh, we were not planning, if you know what I mean. We were blue. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to lie, like in the back of our heads, we thought, oh, this will be great to have another sibling because then years down the road when we're gone, there will be two supports for Lila. And so I think that was the hardest part about finding out Avett had Down syndrome too, was 
thinking about what that was going to be like for Lawson down the road and whether he was going to be like the one person that had to figure out all these things for his brother and sister and to just be so strong for everybody. Um, and so Avit's diagnosis hit us hard too, for that reason. Uh, but we did find out ahead of time with him. And I think what you have to realize is it's not just about you. Um, you know, we have a great family support and they're going to be there for Lila and Avit and Lawson, you know, down the road. Um, and we just have to trust that Lawson is going to be an amazing sibling, but he, that's not his full job. You know, he's going to have an amazing life in his own right too. And, um, and so I, I'd never regret having Avit. I do think it's so unique that we've gone through it both ways. We've gone through it knowing that our child would have Down syndrome ahead of time and then being surprised. Um, and I think it, it worked out perfectly for us because that first pregnancy, I think I would have worried so much more if I knew ahead of time. Um, and we've been really lucky. Both our kids do not have heart conditions. They don't have a lot of other medical issues. And so, um, you know, we just kind of learn as we go. But, um, you know, t testing can be a super um, controversial subject. Um but I always like to tell people, like, I'm an open book, and I talk to new moms about how we went through the process. I actually had an amniocentesis with Avid just to confirm his diagnosis, because it was important to me just to know. I didn't want to go into it with a maybe, maybe not. I'm kind of a planner in that way. Um, you know, I, as you said, I was there when Lila was born, and um, I feel like I didn't react well. I'm going to get emotional. Um, and I didn't know what to say, you know, when, when I was born or I was there when she was born and everything, you know, I held her and, and everything was perfect. And then, um, I'll never forget getting that phone call from Charlie and saying, can you come back by the hospital after work? And so Gregory and I stopped by and, and when y'all told me, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to respond. And I cried and I felt so bad later that I had cried. I think I just was so overwhelmed and didn't know, um, how to react. And I always felt bad about that, about that reaction that I had. And I guess, you know, for you, um, what would be your message? What, what is the right thing to do for, for, for other moms or other people who have friends who get this diagnosis for their child, you know, what's the best way to react or respond to that news? Um, I would say you did the absolute right thing because you were there you know, and that's what mattered. And, um, you know, to be honest, uh, when you go through something really hard like that in your life, like some people aren't there because they have that same feeling you had of, I don't know what to say. And you, you, they let that separate them from people who they love because it's awkward or it feels hard. Um, but just being there is the most important thing. And I'll never forget you and Greg being there and and some of our other friends, mutual friends, Tiff and Aaron. And I remember they came and visited and just held her and made it like a normal birth experience. And that was the hardest part with Lila. I felt like some of we lost some of that because we just had that big news and everything was about that, you know, um, these specialists, these, this, these, what's, what's our whole life going to be like, but those moments where you were just there with your friends and they wanted to hold her and just celebrated her, um, I think are my happiest moments from those days. And I'm so grateful for, for those. Um, 
And now I go and visit new families when they have a baby with Down syndrome. And the one thing that I always say to them is congratulations, because some people's first instinct is to say, I'm sorry. And, you know, you may be sorry that that they're going through this, um, but you're not sorry about that baby. Like, there's nothing to be sorry about. They... Lila is amazing and she brings so much to this world. You just can't really see it in that moment. You know, you're so blinded by this change and um, this just shift in, in journey. But, you know, you know, I'll never forget our pediatrician. We had not met him and he walked in and he said, so I, I hear that, you know, Lila may have Down syndrome, but I just want you to know, like, she is one of the most beautiful babies I've ever seen. And, and just being able to see past that, you know celebrate and letting that joy come in, I think is so important. That's amazing that you go visit those families because you are literally in the same place or you have been in the same place. And like you said, you can have your mom or your dad come and visit and hold the babies, but it's, it's different because they haven't gone through that. Have people said things like that to you um, aside from the, the day of your birth, but now maybe even on social media, um, have people ever been hurtful or evil? And if so, how do you respond to them? Um, so I've been super lucky. We have had very few instances of that. And, you know, you guys know, uh, being on TV and sharing some of your personal life with viewers, you know, especially in such a polarizing time, like some people just can use that to say things they would never say to you in person. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I was nervous to share our story, to share about Lila's diagnosis, but the the overwhelming response is so positive and, and people seem so grateful to, to see, uh, to be led into her life. And so, you know, uh, I'm out in public a lot and people recognize Lila as much as they recognize me. Like we've been, (laughs) people will be like, is that Lila? And (laughs) they're like her Um, but yeah, I remember one particularly hard, uh, instance when we announced, um, uh, that Avid, we were pregnant with Avid and that he was going to have Down syndrome. And I think one of the comments said something like, um, isn't that what a vasectomy is for? Uh, Or yeah, I mean, things you would never say about a a typical baby just because Avid has happens to have an extra chromosome. Um, but (laughs) The funny thing was in that instance, in a lot of instances, like I don't even have to respond because those positive commenters are like jumping in there and, and taking up for, for me and for them. And so that's always appreciated. How do you talk to Lawson about all of this? I mean, how does he sort of respond to all of this and how has it changed his life? Because I got to think that this has a big impact on him as well. Yeah, so that's something that we are always thinking about and trying to be, uh, you know, very deliberate with. Uh, I remember one time I went to a conference when he was really young, and it's a doctor who works in Massachusetts, and his sister, now an adult, has Down syndrome. And um, he said, you know, it's part of your daily life. So you talk about it like that. Like, we bring it up in small instances a little at a time when we normally would. So we don't shield him from anything. um, But we also don't overload him with 
all the information and, and all the struggles all at one time. He does ask me sometimes, so Lila and Ava have Down syndrome. Do I have Up syndrome? And uh, <gasps> family friends that we hang out with that also have a child with Down syndrome. And so he's like, so Down syndrome, Down syndrome. And it, it, you can just kind of see his wheels turning. Um, but to him, it's just normal. And so that's what we kind of want it to feel like. Um, you know, we want him to treat Lila mostly like he would any sister um it's funny we were out recently and you know Lila has a speech delay and she's getting more and more communicative communicative all the time and she tried to say something and the person didn't understand and he goes it's okay I always understand her and then he he told her um what she was trying to say so that was a cool moment um this is and you can answer it or not answer it if, if you'd like but you know we all have children and it can be a strain on a marriage. Um, at times it's, it's hard, obviously. Um, what is that? Well, how is this or has it, or has it not made your relationship, um, more difficult or maybe stronger with your husband? I mean, you, at the beginning of this interview, you were talking about all these wonderful things and traits that your husband has talk about how you have managed, especially during this pandemic, um, to stay strong together as a couple. Yeah, so I, I think that it definitely has changed our marriage. Um, and, you know, I think until your marriage goes through something transformative like that, whether it's a, you know, a diagnosis of a child, a death in the family, a health diagnosis for your spouse, I, I think that you can't know what that feels like to either make that decision that you're going to do this together or let it kind of separate you. Um and honestly, like, I, I don't know how I would have dealt with um, our kids' diagnoses if, if Charlie and I hadn't meshed so well with it. Like, I always felt like it was us and then kind of the rest of the world, you know, and then slowly we let those other people come in. Um, but we just have this really great way of, like, and it just kind of happens. When I'm really upset about something, he's like the rock. And then... It can be the same topic, but the next day, like it's, he's really upset about it. And then I'm in a better place so we can kind of play off of each other. Um, and I know, you know, there've been a lot of studies done about um, parents who have a child with special needs and overall the divorce rate is higher if you have a child with special needs, but specifically if you have a child with Down syndrome, for some reason, um, the divorce rate is lower than the national average. Um, you know, I, I don't know the reason why to that. They're certainly not angels. I know some people like to say that. They all have their their challenges and their um, stubborn streaks. Lila's going through one right now. But um, I don't know. I think it's bonded us together in a way that, that some couples never get to experience. And so I'm, I'm grateful that whatever made that happen, whether it was our personalities or the relationship we had before that, um, that that, that kind of helped us because I couldn't do it without him. He, you guys, um, he is the best. He's the best husband. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to my husband. Um, he's so great. I, I could tell so many stories about how wonderful he is, but one that sticks out in my mind really quick. Um, when, when I was still living in Chattanooga and Latricia and I were working together, I remember she got, um, we do the, I don't think we do it at our station, but they did this like associate of the quarter where like mm. every quarter you get, you give it to somebody who like went above and beyond or whatever. So Latricia gets associated with quarter um, and we like happened to be going out with them for dinner that night. This was like pre-kids. 
Um, and I'll never forget, Charlie showed up and had stopped and gotten Latricia a cupcake and put a quarter in it, like on top. <laughs> oh. And was like, you're so, you know, like said something really sweet about how wonderful she is. And that, and I just remember being like, man, Gregory, you would have never thought of that. Uh, right. Like that's <laughs> right. really, that's really sweet and clever, Charlie. Like, well done. I mean, he's just one of those guys who always goes above and beyond and is a great dad and a great husband and a great friend. I mean, he's just, he's just amazing. But so yeah, you, I mean, you guys work really well together, but you kind of hit the jackpot with your husband, I think. (laughs) He's very sensitive. He's a good one. And, you know, just to see the relationship, the daddy daughter relationship and that dynamic with her being the oldest and, and her having special needs and, and having that relationship with him, they're like best buddies and it's just the coolest thing. Um, just it's just amazing to watch is there something that and and I wonder this a lot is there something that you like a message you would want other moms or parents to know that something that maybe people do that um uh frustrates you or something that you just think people don't understand about you know raising kids with special needs or something that you just wish like oh my gosh why can't people get this as a mom of children with special needs yeah, you know, I think there's kind of two things that stick out in my mind. The first is when people say, like, oh, I can never do it. Oh, you're such a good mom. Like, no, I'm not any different of a mom than anybody else. I just took, you know, I took the situation I was given, and I'm trying to be the best mom to my kids. Like, anybody would do that. You know, I'm not separate from you. I'm not, you know, I don't have these extra tools. I wasn't given, like, a manual about how to do this. You just do it because that's what we do as women. Um, you know, we make it work. And then, you know, the second thing I would say, I, I do think sometimes people don't realize what it's like sometimes to be out in these social situations and in our family's perspective. So Lila, um, at some point in her life has been kind of a runner and that's kind of typical of kids with Down syndrome. And so when we go to a birthday party or we go to a family event or whatever, um, like most parents sit there and like, you know, talk to each other and they're having a glass of wine or a beer or whatever. And the kids are kind of playing in the background. Like our minds are never off in that scenario. Like we have always have to have an eye and know where she is, because if we don't see her, she might've walked, you know, across the yard to somebody else's house and is knocking on the door because she's trying to act out sound of music. And she's Maria at Captain Von Trapp's house. Her, like favorite thing right now um is down to me but I mean it's just that um you know just that feeling of like release of relax and and hanging out with friends and 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 letting like the kids just kind of be on their own like that's just not a reality for us you know and and the best friends and the best families are the ones that will see that and be like well you guys sit over here I've got an eye on Lila and kind of recognize that but sometimes it is hard because it makes you feel separate from um, from people who don't really get what that's like because um, you know it's just a little bit of a different situation. She's just friendly. She just always wants to make friends with everyone. She, I mean, she's very friendly. <laughs> she is. Yes. <laughs> and I like the sound of music. Oh, mommy. Yeah, Karen gets calls quite often from Lila, who uh, will just say hi and then like say one thing and hang up. Like calling. <laughs> what's cool to her and, and the saying hello. She also loves to send videos via text. So she, she sends me a lot of videos on, on text. I'm like, oh, hi, Lila. I see this is you on here. What's going on today? 
Is there anything that you wish other parents would talk to their kids about? Like, is there anything specific that we should be talking to our children about when it comes to kids with special needs um, that you have, you know, over the years you've realized is sort of maybe lacking or you wish other parents would address? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, of course, the first thing is just to say hi and just to start that conversation and talk to your kids about different is okay and we're all different in, in one way or the other. Um, but I think it goes beyond talking. And this is something that I've really realized now that I look back at my life before being in this world. And, you know, if we don't live it, then our kids won't see it in action. So if we adults don't have friends who have disabilities or who are different than us or who in some way, um, you know, their path is different. If they don't see us doing it, then how are they supposed to know how to do it? So I feel like that modeling of that relationship is really important there too. Um, we have good friends now that have an adult daughter with Down syndrome and, you know, she has a great social life and has a boyfriend and goes out with, um, friends, some who have special needs, some who don't. And so that has really just shown us that, um, you know, those things do happen and, um, and they're important to those adult relationships with people with disabilities. And you've, you know, done a lot to make sure that Lila's in an inclusive classroom um, and are really a strong proponent of just giving them every opportunity that every other kid has. Yeah, we, I think that was one of the biggest surprises for me is that a lot of times some of your biggest battles are with the people who are supposed to be there to help you. So like the school system and, you know, and some, I remember there was a ballet class who wasn't welcoming to Lila um, because they thought that she would be a distraction to the other kids. And, um, and so, you know, I've been at countless IEP meetings, which is where you sit down with the whole team, the you know, all the teachers that are kind of on your child's care and say, you know, Lila is going to be in that typical kindergarten classroom, just like any other kid. And then whatever supports, we're going to add those, you know, Lila doesn't need to come out of that classroom to get those. And uh, we actually moved to be in a school district that was, uh, or a school zone that was more welcoming of kids with Down syndrome. And then um, a group of about 20 parents, um, met with the district for about a year and got a plan in place to increase inclusion across the district. So, you know, it's a battle that's not over. Um, it's different in different states and different communities, but it's so important. And, you know, it goes back to what you were saying about teaching our kids. If they don't see it in their everyday life, that inclusion is just how this world is, then, you know, they're not going to live it and they're not going to be comfortable with it. So those kids learn just as much from Lila as Lila learns from them. We're kind of running out of time, but Latricia, I think we have to have you come back for an entire podcast just to talk about Karen. And <laughs> we do. We do all hear all the stories. The yeah. stories. I have, I have some pictures probably that. Ooh. Are they, does she have going out tops in those pictures? <laughs> <laughs> you all talk about going out tops? We did. Pictures of the going out tops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need to see these pictures. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Send them our way, please. Mm -hmm. Um, Karen's like, no, you're not. I miss Karen dearly. And I miss, you know, Karen and I became great friends before we had kids. So it was that time Mm -hmm. in your life when you could like hang out with people and actually focus on them and on conversations and go on trips and go to concerts and go to bars and, um, 
And so I love that now we're mom friends and we can share that too. And, um, you know, even from far away. We started as desk mates in Chattanooga mm-hmm. at WTVC, and that's how it all began. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Latricia. Uh, we could talk for you to you for hours, but um, but we appreciate you coming on and for um, sharing your story with us and for being so open about your family and just the struggles that you guys go through and the joys as well. Your children are amazing, and I love them dearly, and they're just such wonderful role models for all children really. Um, but thank you for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Thanks again, Latricia. We will put all of her info in the show notes as well. If you'd like to follow her, um, and follow her story, she has a blog, she's active on social media and she's just, um, really outspoken about, um, these issues and really, I think how all of us can be better moms, right? We're all kind of in this together. And, uh, she really is a great, um, a great person to talk about how to get it all done. It takes a village, but we can do it. Ladies, we can do this. We can do it. And something we didn't talk about is she is one of the main anchors, the evening anchor in Chattanooga at the Sinclair station, same company that owns our station. And, um, she told us some some damaging stories about oh, Karen's career. I love these damaging oh, stories. I love the damaging stories. All of, yes. you know, all that stuff. She'll be back on. Yeah. We'll have her, you know, just gossip all 30 minutes about You know, Karen. I'm going to stop bringing on guests who I know hey, personally. You, if you guys are just going to like invite them. for blackmail. You, you know? invite them. You invite them. Well, they're, they're, they've got great stories to tell, but I don't think we need to get into like all my stories, all my <laughs> I mean, Really, like the Karen before kids is pretty much the Karen after kids. I'm yes. going to go ahead and say yeah. that. So I mean, it's yeah. not like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Latricia. And everybody have a great week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening.